And we bring in, every Tuesday, it's the final judgment, the one and only Mr. Tony Jigsaw Cotillo. Make sure you follow him at, on socials at tcotillo23. He is our fantasy insider. Nobody better in the fantasy game. But he also mixes it up. He's a diehard Philadelphia sports fan. And I love to mix it up with Jigsaw. First of all, Tony, hopefully your holiday was uh, extra special this year. Nice and calm and relaxed and healthy. How are you and the family doing, my friend? Uh, everybody's doing good, Sean. Just just pushing through and getting us to uh, out of 2020 and into 2021. So hopefully this is a better year for everybody. Into 2021. Yeah, it's not starting off for me good, this, this <laughs> sickness that I'm fighting, but oh well. Uh did get my negative test back yesterday, so that's good, Um, you know, of course, and I'm not making light of that at all. I was just, I, I didn't know what to expect. Man, have you ever been tested for COVID yet, Tone? Uh, no, I haven't, but Woo. I will tell you, uh, I will, I, I will tell you, I'm pretty sure I had it, uh, really? you know, and I'll just say it on the air. My mother-in-law right now is on a ventilator, oh, um, and, and, uh, not doing too well. Um, so, you know, so I, I, I've been dealing with that for probably the past month. She's been in there since, uh, November. Uh, so I know how bad this thing can be. So, uh, you know, everybody, you know, stay strong, stay healthy and try to get through everything. It's serious. It absolutely is serious, and that's terrible. I did not know that, and uh, I, I, man, I, my thoughts and, and 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 are with you and the family right now, and um, you know, give my best to your wife, and you know, look, um, if I could, I'll just say this, and this is all hopeful thinking, of course, and positive mojo, but uh, you know, there have been a lot of people that have been on ventilators and they came off with this yep. with this uh, virus, so. Uh, that's where our minds are at. So give my best to your wife, though, please. Um, Absolutely. Tone, uh, you know, look, here's the deal. We got a lot going on as far as the world of Philadelphia sports. Uh, it it's always seems to be they want to take shots at us when we're down, <laughs> you know, and that's fine. I, I think we bring it upon ourselves because we are a passionate fan base. We're not one to back down. But, man, I'll tell you what, this Eagles situation has taken on a life of its own uh, because I thought it would have been a one and done. Um, meaning yesterday, Monday, Tuesday, all the talking heads are going to continue to talk about the playoff matchups. There's so much other good storylines in the world of the NFL. Um, but this morning, of course, it, it is all stemming off of the fact that Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson spoke yesterday, and now we got Miles Sanders and players that are coming out here. Kevon Walls had something to say, which I don't understand why he would tweet such a thing, but he's a rookie. Um, but I'm curious to know your thoughts. Uh, just as a whole, where are you at on the whole tanking situation with the Philadelphia Eagles and Doug Peterson? You probably know. I can't stand it. I hate it. I get it. I mean, here's the thing that the, the rational, you know, which I'm, I'm, I'm normally irrational, but the rational part of the jigsaw persona says, I get it. We want the number six pick. But the irrational part says, I've been saying all along that Doug has no idea what he's doing. And it just showed in that game because, again, it's fine. If you want to tank, that's fine. But nobody is looking at the domino effect that is going to come in this offseason. You have to look at the way these players reacted because you never – I don't care about internally. Uh, listen, Doug, if you wanted to do that, number one, you should have either started – Nate Sudfeld, or number two, he should have started at halftime. You don't take him out when the game's at hand. You're sending a bad message to your team and your young quarterback. So I, I, I get it. I still don't understand, Sean, why we need to see Nate Sudfeld. I, I, I really don't understand. I, I mean, I think we've seen enough of Nate Sudfeld, and all of a sudden we have to see him take targets or, or meaningful snaps, I should say, in a 
playoff style atmosphere for uh, you know in a sense that the Washington football teams. So I don't understand it. I think it was ridiculous, and I understand why everybody's uh, uh, for a better part say highly disappointed at it. You know, my thoughts are. All along, leading, so we all know what happened. They didn't think it was going to be a close game. I mean, they had 10 inactives. Their starting guys, I have no idea, were even on this roster at big-time positions, <laughs> such as cornerback. And, and, and my thoughts are that Nate Sudfeld was planned on being the fourth-quarter fourth quarter, uh, quarterback. And if Doug Peterson comes out and just says that, I don't think anybody has anything to say. It's It's interesting. Because of the the way the game played out, I get it, you know. But ultimately, he wanted to get Nate Sudfeld the fourth quarter. I, I I mean, if Doug Peterson would just stick to his guns and say that, I think we're, we're, there there's so many different scenarios that come in. If he started him, if he put him in the second half, so on and so forth. Nobody's saying a word. But um, you know, I I think Doug Peterson needs to flex a little bit and just come back. But you know, the thing is, is now you got his players popping off and and i don't hmm. understand that that's not good and i think that comes back to what you're saying and and there is there is you know factual uh you know th things backing up what you're saying right now because of miles sanders what he said Kevon wallace and i don't even know who, who if another eagle player did say something along those lines i'm sure that there 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 might be a number a couple more tweets that are being put out hopefully not uh, hmm. but i think there is some truth to what you're saying yeah, and the bad thing about it is, you know, for all the people that want to come out and say this was discussed internally, well, if it was, then how come the people that need to know about it, which are the players, didn't know? Why would they be coming out and falsifying their own tweets to say they had no idea this was going to go on? Why did we see Jalen Hurts completely disgusted on the sideline when it happened? Wouldn't you tell your starting quarterback that Nate was going to play? Agreed. Wouldn't you tell, right? I mean, this is what doesn't make any sense. I think Doug got caught. I think Doug got caught being unprepared once again. I mean, listen, look, nobody's even pointing to the you know, when they put Nate Sudfeld in, they forgot to even put a wide receiver into the game and had to call a timeout. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. That's how dysfunctional this team has been. And that, I'm sorry, but it looks to the head coach. Yeah, no doubt. No, I'm with you. And, and it's not good. Uh, but, you know, look, we, we go back and you look at all the other situations, these teams, you know, the Steelers, they allowed the, the Cleveland Browns to get in. They didn't put anybody out there. They went with Mason Rudolph. You know, no one's saying a word about them. Nope. It's just you got to be a little bit better than what he did. That's all there is to it. And, you know, I, I think maybe you give Jalen Hurts the first half and you tell everybody the message, this is what we're going to do, guys. Sudfeld, he's getting our second half. Let's go win this football game. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it's just crazy right now, but it's nothing. There's nothing good coming from these players speaking out about their head coach. That's not good. You don't want to see that. No, It's just that's not the reality good. where we're at now. And, and, and again, the last thing I'll say is looking forward, you have to, I talked about domino effect. I mean, you have to look at how you are perceived now. You know, I know everybody on Twitter wants to say it doesn't matter what people think. Well, it really does because when you're trying to retool or rebuild a franchise and you're looking at coaches maybe wanting to come in here and you're looking at players maybe wanting to come in here as free agents, they're going to start to think and they're going to say, wait a minute, if you handled that situation and, and with, with, with complete disrespect to the players you already had, why would I want to go be a part of your team? So, you know, 
Jason Kelsey, for one, who played with one arm this year and wanted to retire, you think he wasn't pissed off? Of course he was. You've seen he looked dejected on the sideline. So, I mean, there are so many more things to come out of this situation. And it, it's just very bad. And unfortunately, a bad season now just even got worse because of the offseason that we're going to endure. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. It's ridiculous. It is. But here we are. Yep. Um, Tony Jigsaw Cotillo joining us here. All right, Tony, I got a lot to discuss with you as far as some fantasy conversation because I am entering into the world of daily fantasy, man, and I want to mix it up Ooh. with you a little bit, and then we'll talk some Sixers on the way out here. But um, I'm doing some daily fantasy on a Friday. I got invited to this uh, little league that uh, a friend of mine put together. Shout out Colin Good. And... Um, you know, it, it's it's pretty cool. It's the first time I've enter, ever entered into the world of daily fantasy. I it's weird to, to say that, but it's the truth. I've never been a daily fantasy player because um, it's time consuming. You can't just wing it. And nope. here we are. So it's only Fridays. It's a great day to do so for NBA. I'm just curious when it comes to daily fantasy, and there's a newcomer that comes to you. What's a piece of advice that you would give them right from the jump that they should take inventory on? Always look at your numbers. And I say that, I'll give you a perfect example. So, and it didn't work out last night because, listen, let's face it, we're not perfect. It doesn't always work out, right? So, you always have to remember that you're playing with money and you're playing with a salary. And you have to basically look at the value of money based on the value of production. In football, it's always volume. How much volume is the guy going to get? In basketball, it's not necessarily minutes, it's meaningful minutes on the right team. So, you have to look more at the opponent and then you also have to say like last night do we want to pay $11,000 for James Harden one player or can we take two guys which I did I, I chose to take John Wall and Christian Wood on the same team in a good matchup for 14 uh, 14500 So for $3,500 extra dollars, I got two positions. Whereas you could take James Harden and then take a guy like Jalen Brunson for $3,000 and hope that Jalen Brunson gives you more than 10 points. So what, what my main focus is if you're a newcomer, you really have to do your homework. Just don't think that a high-numbered guy instantly means he's going to give you 60 daily fantasy points. It doesn't always work out like that. And also remember that high ownership players, if you have a team full of high ownership players, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win because everybody else is starting the same guys. Ah, so you want to find the mismatch. You want to find the guy that's not out there on everybody's roster as well. Yes, I mean, that's why we talk about on Mondays, and, you know, we'll start that again next week when we say diamond in the rough, and, and you see everybody, if you follow me, at Ticketsall23, I, I put out my daily value pick of the night, and everybody goes, why would you start Jalen Brunson? Well, it's because he's $3,000, and last night, he scored 12 points. So, for me, $3,000 for 12 points, when I spent 7000 for John Wall, and he only got me 23 it's a big difference. So, I'll take 12 for 3 any day. And they're the guys, low ownership guys, that are under 5% ownership is what's going to separate you from 20th to 1st. Is, is there a guy or two would you ever believe in like, hey, this dude is so hot, you got to have him in your lineup every single day or, for my case, every Friday? 
Uh, there are definitely guys in basketball, 100%. Uh, you know, it's it's like the Derrick Henry factor. It's like the David Cook factor. Uh, you know, one of those guys up until last night, and it wasn't because of his play. It was just game script dictation. But mm-hmm. Tobias Harris, you ride the wagon, right? Wow. Russell Westbrook, the, the continual triple doubles, right? You, wa- you ride the wagon. Kevin Durant, until <laughs> now he's out for four days, right? He was the guy. So, yes. 100%. And don't forget about the stack theory. It, it, it is available in basketball as well. Now, what I will say is I, I don't like to stack forwards and centers. I like to stack a point guard and a forward or a point guard and center because that center and forward could be competing for the same amount of points in the same game. Interesting. Talking to Tony Jigsaw Catillo. Make sure you give him a follow. T Catillo 23, mandatory follow, especially for all things daily fantasy. And of course, mixing it up with the Liberty Line boys. I'll tell you what, man. You guys go back and forth. You guys need to get a show already. Let's go. Oh, man. I, I, yo, I can't get it. Everybody just keeps on following me, showing it's oh, a problem. So listen, dude. you can't. On, hey, listen, man. That's weak to me. Yeah. So let, let's have a show and talk it out. You know, you hit the unfollow button, you hit the mute button. I mean, we can't have a conversation. You know? You know what I mean? It's, hey, a, it's a if shame. I never muted Tony, nobody should mute Tony, all right? Come on. We've been doing this for a long yeah. damn time, all right? You just got to get through it. Uh, you just got to no. get through the web, like you that's said. It. You got to get through the web. That's all. Ask Mike Diaz. Ask that's Philly it. Mike. That's it. I love it. All right, Jigsaw. We got some really good stuff happening right now with the 76ers, so I'd love to get your thoughts Ooh. on it. And it's funny, you just brought up Tobias. I did not see this coming. I, I felt mm-hmm. like we could have got a better Tobias than what we were showing last year. Um, but there were people, again, that's what we do here in Philadelphia. We, we, we build our teams up and maybe a little homerism in there, a little bias. Uh, but, uh, you know, and I raised my right hand because I was the guy that was talking after one game, like, wow, I think the 76ers could absolutely compete with every team in the East. I, I just don't see no difference as far as between them, the Bucks and, and the Nets and all that. I feel, I feel like they're going to score a lot of points and play some really good defense. Now, uh, granted, it's only seven games in and they've played some really weak opponents, but bottom <laughs> line is this team looks really, really good and really deep. There's a lot to like with this Sixers team right now. Your thoughts uh, uh, on them as a whole after what they did last night to the Hornets back-to-back nights? Well, number one, I'm with you with Tobias, and everybody knows if you follow me, I've called Tobias every name of the book as being mm. soft and overpaid, and you know because I was expecting a different Tobias. I, you know, I said it again. I alluded to Tobias being Bradley Beal for the Philadelphia 76ers in the sense that Bradley Beal averaged you know, 18, 19, 20 points a game. He got a max out extension. He started balling at 26 to 27, which is what we needed from Tobias. And I think one play, you know, in theory, the other night was the the dunk from Tobias, the one-handed jam with, you know, he came down. He was very emotional. We haven't seen that in three years. That's what we need. And we're getting it. And, And I think the biggest difference with the Sixers this year is what you said. Even though they're playing inferior opponents in the beginning, the difference is we're doing what we're supposed to do against these inferior opponents and we couldn't do that last year there's more spacing on the floor and now when those kickouts come to certain players you have you know you have the confidence in these guys to actually knock down shots all right well you know one of the things that i've been talking about with this squad is just how deep they are and yeah. maxi looks pretty darn good they, they have some you know they got a second unit and dwight howard's out there getting some you know putting up some great production now, there's a lot to like with this team, but just we talked about Tobias, we talked about Ben, we talked about Joel, and we know what we get with those three, but uh, for the first time in a long time, I'm really liking that second unit coming off the bench. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, when you're going to the NBA and you want to compete, you have to go eight or nine deep, and that's something we haven't seen in, in a long time. And that's the Doc Rivers effect. You know, Dwight Howard doesn't come here if it's not for Doc Rivers. Uh, and and, and Daryl Morey, it, you know, has to be the MVP of this team early on because he literally changed this entire team around. He took four or five years worth of mistakes and changed it around in a matter of one night. Uh, you know, and it's it's amazing what a difference this team has become. And again, you say deep bench equals deep playoff run. So again, that's what we want to look forward to. And you're right, so nobody in the East really scares me right now. And I know it's early, but the way we're able to move the ball around and the defense, Doc said he wanted to be a defensive team. The defense has been stellar. It absolutely has. And that's one thing. That's the way the Miami Heat were built last year. And that's the way it looks like that we're being built in 2021. Yeah, no doubt. And it is uh, great to see with all the defense that they're being played and, uh, you know, the rim protecting with Joel Embiid. And when Ooh. you have, I, t- I saw Daryl Morey tweeting about it. Like, it's a, it's a number that's off the charts with those three, the three headed monster, Tobias, Ben, and Joel out on the floor from the defensive standpoint. And uh, long bench, great production from your superstars, solid coaching from Doc Rivers, good front office. I can't believe we're talking about the Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> like this. I, I'm with you. I, I, I'll tell you what. Here's another silent, you know, theory of mine as well, which is going to really help. That with the Dwight Howard effect, I don't think you're going to see the 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 games off as much with Joel. I think that was a big problem because we didn't have anybody to back him up. And I think now his minutes can actually be cut down during the game instead of actually benching him for a game. So I think you're going to actually see Joel play more, but less during the game, which is going to be huge going forward. And it's going to stop all this nonsense of you know low management and things of that nature because Doc will be able to do it internally instead of externally. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, Doc's got him believing right now, and, and hopefully we, we can get down to that the Wells Fargo Center sometime this Oof. year and maybe catch a game. That would be nice. I don't. I wouldn't say hold my breath on that one, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. What, what do you think happens first? The 76ers win a playoff game or Carson Wentz gets traded? <laughs> <laughs> Man, let's see. If, if we're going, are, are we in a normal playoff format for the NBA? Yeah, yeah normal playoff right format. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So if we're in a normal playoff format, I'm saying Carson Wentz gets traded. I think wow. Carson Wentz is, is traded before April. Yeah, this is a tough one for the uh, the Eagles, but uh, brighter days ahead for us with the 76ers, that's for sure. Yes. Jigsaw, uh, fantastic job last year. I know we got a lot of things planned for this year, so greatly appreciate you hopping on the uh, Dr. Glatt line and joining me this afternoon. I look forward to your uh, daily fantasy vignettes. Basketball season, what are you going to be doing now? You're mixing it up a little bit for us? Yeah, man, absolutely. So now, you know, we're going to get into the, the, the basketball scenarios of DFS. And, and again, we saw a playoff fantasy for NFL. And I, I know we had a great Sunday service on and we did great. I, I, I really enjoyed my 9.30 a.m. slot. Uh, we're going to change it up to Sunday nights. I'm going to start doing it Sunday nights and it's going to be dictated on basketball and look ahead to a little baseball and, and talk a little NFL fantasy for playoffs as well. So we're going to go three for three now, uh, for the next coming weeks. You the man. Jigsaw. Love it. Tiki Till 23 on social media. Be sure to give him a follow. Tony, always a pleasure, man. My best to you and the family. And uh, we'll catch up tomorrow, man. Thanks, Sean. Talk to you later, man. There he is. Tony Jigsaw Cotillo.